10 things I learned from having brunch with Billie Jean King at the 2014 Out and Equal Workplace Summit. I attended the 16th annual Out and Equal Workplace Summit at Moscone West Convention Center in San Francisco, California. There were more than 3,000 attendees from 30 different countries. Billie Jean King spoke at the brunch plenary on Election Day, November 4. Here are 10 things I learned about Billie Jean King. Billie Jean's brother, Randy Moffat, played for the San Francisco Giants. She was brought up in Long Beach, California. Elton John wrote the song Philadelphia Freedom about her. She described herself as a, quote, public park rat who didn't start playing tennis until she was 11 years old and in the fifth grade. At age 12, after playing tennis for one year, she had an epiphany and realized that everything in tennis was literally white. She wanted to know, where is everybody else? Six, she knew that tennis would be her platform and cultivated three values that people who have inner and outer success need. One, relationships are everything. Two, never stop learning and learning how to learn. And three, be a problem solver. After being outed in 1981, she was involved in the first trial requesting galimony. She says she didn't feel comfortable in her own skin until just 20 years ago when she was 51. She doesn't think life is a marathon, but a series of sprints and breaks. She encouraged all to be active listeners, telling us we are all influencers and we should be alert and adding that we need more inclusion, not just diversity. Thank you. Okay, I wrote this August 25th, 2014 for the Huffington Post. I attended a plenary session, a conversation with Jason Collins. The description was as follows. ESPN NBA editor Kevin Arnovitz We'll have a conversation with the first NBA star to come out while still playing the game. Jason Collins will talk about this experience with the media and his experience coming out in the major leagues. Arnovitz opened with, when sports writers discussed who was gay in the NBA, no one had Jason Collins. Collins stated he thought about coming out during the lockout in 2011 when he had time on his hands and after seeing an It Gets Better video, his trainer came out. Collins first came out to a family member and aunt who was a judge in San Francisco, not his parents or his twin brother. And his twin brother is a coach uh, for the Golden State Warriors. He did have a beard a fake girlfriend in Los Angeles that no one ever saw. Before coming out publicly, he had media training and learned to pivot 
and avoid answering questions. His reaction to his first televised interview, my lips were way too glossy. Collins revealed that Martina Navratilova is his idol, and he was honored to speak with her on the UN floor and continues to work with her and another idol, Billie Jean King, on projects. His main goals are to, quote, not give any additional ammunition to folks and to make it easier for the next generation to come out. He embraces his role model status willingly. He adds, when you do come out, your life is going to get much better. He is pleased that the NBA is putting money back into the LGBTQ communities. His parents taught him to be proud of what makes him unique. So it was important for him to note the obvious and not so obvious that he is black and gay. He will decide in mid-September about the next season, but is keeping in shape because he does not want to turn into Charles Barkley. He added that the culture of sport is changing and evolving. Yet, with meeting some folks after coming out, they had to agree to disagree. He talked about words and how some discuss race in a coded way. And finally, he adds, we need more and more people to come out to continue the process so we can see more examples and people can live their authentic lives. Thank you. We'll be back after this break. I first wrote this piece in 2000. It was originally written for Color Lines, and the title was Niggas, Dykes, and Corporate Types. Uh, then I revised it after uh, um, this movie, uh, Love and Basketball, came out, and uh, the title was simply Love and Basketball. Sports is the modern opiate of the people. Like all good drugs, it provides a satisfying boost to its users, both participants and spectators, and huge money to its owners. A compelling spectacle, sports promotes the cherished American ideal of intense competition on a level playing field where race nor gender matter. Sports heroes Language and images saturate U.S. culture, presenting a model of race, gender, and sexual roles. The WNBA kicked off its fourth season in the dust of the now-defunct American Basketball League. In women's sports, sexual preference, not race, is the big taboo for corporate marketing. As Christine Grant, University of Iowa's athletic director, was quoted in the News and Observer, in Raleigh, North Carolina. Homophobia in women's sports is like the McCarthyism of the 1950s. The fear is paralyzing. Just take a look at the WNBA's promotional thimming up campaign to avoid even a question about the sexual orientation of the players or women coaches. In a magazine article, Dot Richardson of the 1996 Olympic softball team complained that because she was an athlete, people thought she must be a lesbian. Pat Griffin, author of Strong Women Deep Closets, Lesbians and Homophobia in Sports, writes, somehow lesbians have become the scapegoats for problems in women's sports. 
According to a 1994 NCAA study, 49% of female athletes and 51% of female coaches said they felt homophobia was a hindrance to attracting and retaining women in athletic careers. In professional sports, it's okay to be a lesbian, just not okay to be out. Some college coaches use homophobia to steer straight players to their family-friendly teams and away from teams known to be tolerant of lesbians. Now, for the first time since Personal Best, there is a movie about women in sports. Love and Basketball tells the parallel story of two basketball players, a boy and a girl. The, um, they meet at age 11 when they become next-door neighbors. The story is told in four quarters from 1981 to the beginning of the WNBA. Love mirrors the issues faced by professional athletes, the tomboy and lesbian accusations, the notion that women aren't as good athletes as men, the limited opportunity for women in sports even professional sports, even with the WNBA. The inequities in college opportunities despite Title IX, the lack of commercial endorsements and salary inequities in professional sports based on gender. Women are still conflicted with attempting to balance personal and family relationships with their sports careers. If sports is a metaphor for life, the very attributes that are admired in male athletes are disdained in female athletes. But not all women slash girls have stereotypical values and interests. When the lead female character in Love and Basketball attends her senior spring dance, her mind wonders when making out with her date. She is trying to concentrate and remember how many offensive rebounds she got in the championship game. When the characters in the movie first met at age 11, Monica's dream is to be the first woman to play in the NBA. Her male counterpart tells her that she will be the one to play, that he will be the one to play in the NBA and she'll be his cheerleader. Made sense at the time and still does today. The reality of a woman player or coach in the NBA is not on the horizon. Uh, actually, there, there, no, there still has been no coach. There's been a referee in the NBA, a, uh, a woman referee uh, who is uh, black as well. But then again, the WNBA was not something that folks thought would happen and thrive. In the movie, the characters' parallel lives diverge when in their freshman year at the University of Southern California, the guy drops out and is drafted in the NBA. The woman graduates at first place professionally in Europe and then finally in the WNBA. The guy gets bounced around in the NBA and eventually sustains what is probably a career-ending injury in that he tears a knee ligament. In the end, it is he who is on the courtside cheerleader and stay-at-home dad with baby in tow cheering on the mom who is playing for the Los Angeles Sparks. But then again, that's Hollywood. 
Although it has been said that a male athlete has better odds of being struck by lightning than becoming a professional, what then are the odds of becoming a professional female athlete? Big money is involved for players, corporations, colleges, and cities. Gender inequities abound. Who will break the silence? Thank you, and please share.